From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in relatable weathered Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Steve McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. For this super special episode, we're going to run down all the stuff at the Overstuffed Glitch Connect Digital Games Festival. Plus, we have a few announcements. So, if everyone's ready, let's start. Steven, you're not going to do the... What? Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry, I, man. I, I did a really cool oh, yeah, right before we started recording. It, no, it I'm, was I'm, perfect. I'm sorry it we was, didn't record it. It was amazing. <laughs> See, and you guys didn't get to experience it. You missed out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we won't make that mistake again. <laughs> uh, so a special episode today. We're going to talk uh, some more about GlitchCon, which is coming up. Yes. Uh, May 5th to 7th. Yeah. Hi, 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 we're going to go over all the sessions at the conference. We're going to talk in depth about a couple of them. And um, we're going to make uh, uh, an announcement uh, probably at the end of this section. But we're also, uh, we'll start out with something immediate, which is we got a contest running. We do. Um, if you guys want to win a ticket to GlitchCon, uh, Nice Games Club is ponying up some money to buy two tickets to GlitchCon, and they could be yours. Uh, all you have to do is send us a review on iTunes. Now, I know not all of you are on iTunes. I'm not on iTunes. I don't even like saying the word iTunes. <laughs> but ah. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. iTunes is great. Well, it's, inter- it's interesting because, you know, we, you know, as a, as a newer podcast, we're, we're getting into our toddler era probably. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we want to get reviews. We want to get noticed. And we want to get part of that, you know, that sweet algorithmic uh, advantage that comes from those types of metrics. Um, but actually, I think game dev, this is just an assumption, but I think game dev audiences are slightly less Apple using than other than a general audience. Um, I could believe it. Which, you know, it doesn't really say one thing or another. It just just happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the thing is, is iTunes is really the only marketplace for podcasts that actually has reviews that make a difference. Yeah. And so it is actually really properly valuable to get feedback. So even if you're not an iTunes user, your review helps us. And your review is valuable to us. And even if you have a bad review, that is an accurate reflection on what you think of the show. <laughs> and so um, we encourage you to, uh, please, we set up a, a link for you. Uh, NiceGames.club slash iTunes. That'll take you right to our iTunes page. Uh, you could then open up the uh, the podcast in iTunes on your computer. Uh, and if you're on Windows and you need to download uh, iTunes, uh, apologies in advance, but uh, please do it. Uh, leave us a review. Uh, any review is fine. We're not going to judge them based on if you liked us or not. Right. Because um, that's not ethical. <laughs> um, it's also not very nice. So yeah. say whatever you want. We really we want to know because mm-hmm. feedback is really helpful uh, besides. But if you send us a review, uh, then we will uh, a week from today. Yes. No, wait. A week from last Wednesday. Yes. <laughs> Again, we're bad at calendar math. But the way this works is it's, we're, it's Monday for, according to you, listener. Mm-hmm. This contest goes for a couple more days. So uh, I'm totally lost my train of thought now. Uh, that's leave what, us a review. That's what calendar math does to me. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> leave us a review and uh, we'll randomly pick you and uh, we'll pick somebody rather and uh, two people and they'll get free tickets to GlitchCon. So um, leave a review and then um, we'll, uh, we'll try to get in touch with you. Don't put your email in the review or anything, but uh, you can also tweet at us to say that you sent us a review. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be cool, guys. You should it'll do be it. Yes, um, but you can tell in the pleading in my voice. This is important to us, and uh, to the point where we actually ponied up some money to uh, to get some GlitchCon tickets right, for you. Right. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you best know, conference NA. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Aside from you know, for this contest, we want more people to be at GlitchCon, so that's a big motivation as well. Um, not just because of great sessions and content and keynotes, but we're going to be there. Yeah. Big announcement. We're going to be doing a live show. Yeah. We're going to be talking, and you guys can meet us. 
and yeah. hang out with us for a little bit. Steven, we're going to be in front of people yes. live on stage. Yeah, don't make me nervous about it, Mark. Dang it. <laughs> you can just be... have your back to the audience there and pretend go. they're not yeah, there. Yeah, we'll just put a sheet over you and you can just pretend they're not there. So you can't see them. Ooh, they can't it's see you. McGregor. It's the ghost of Stephen McGregor. And make nice game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. All the details will be worked out. There's going to be a bunch of podcasts there, in fact, yes. uh, like uh, during the day on the main stage after the keynote. So um, I don't remember which day it is. Again, some of the details are still fuzzy. Yeah. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be a little more settled down. Um, but yeah, come to GlitchCon if you don't get one of the tickets that we we give away. And uh, and yeah, hear our show. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. try to, you know, we'll, we'll take questions from the audience if that makes sense. Yeah. We'll, we'll find a way to get you involved. Um, yeah, it's going to be great. It'll be a fun time. Well, let's get into the meat of this episode. What do you say? Yeah. Yes. And talk about all the stuff at GlitchCon. Um, We're going to go through each of the sessions. And for the ones that we've each picked out one, uh, we want to talk a little bit in depth about. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll sort of preview it, but we'll also just talk about the topic and hopefully get you a little bit revved up uh, about those ideas as well as maybe, you know, come to that session. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, Stephen, why don't you walk us through starting from the top? Yeah, sure. So there's reducing player barriers and with acceptable design. I think this is about like, color blindness and uh, people who maybe can't use their hands well or things like that. Yeah, it's one of the things we talk about a lot at Glitch, but are sometimes at strain to find ways to address it. Yep. The next one is alternate realities lighting mega panel, which uh, is Zach oh, Went is running that one, I think. Yeah, so like lightning talks? Uh, yeah, I think a little bit like that. The, the, the specifics or the people who are going to be in the talk haven't been announced yet hmm. but it seems like it's going to be pretty cool you can just he's in there talking about alternate realities and a little bit of vr stuff too yeah that's yeah. right if zach went is the one running that one it's going to be cool because he's been doing vr forever that's true that man is so. very experienced <laughs> yeah zach's great he's a good ambassador for the vr community here and uh yeah we should get him on yeah we should call me out man <laughs> on to our show talk about vr <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so method of uh, Loki or Loci maybe as a networked multi-user VR sandbox. So it looks like just uh, a session where they sort of play in this interesting tool and um, critically about designing multimodal experience. It's very complicated. I'm excited to find out what exactly it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds very like well specific, but also interesting. Well, it's hosted by a bunch of folks from Ohio State University. Yeah, Ooh. so it'll be. Um, you know, those words mean something. It's not just someone, it's not just, you know, word salad. Right. Speaking of Ohio State, the next session here, shift alt control, why we need alternative mechanisms for control is also uh, hosted by someone from Ohio State. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's just talking about alternate forms of control and things like that. There's probably a lot of, there's a, lot, uh, there's a little bit of a focus on accessibility, I've noticed. In yeah. A couple of these, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, next one sonic storytelling I believe this is like using sound to tell a story in your game mm-hmm. Ooh, it is better cool. because that's, that's what it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> that would be disappointing to find that it wasn't yeah off overlooked category mm-hmm, right? for sure uh, the next one here history of Game Informer not many people know this but Game Informer is actually started here in Minnesota right mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's still local. just up the corner yeah 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 and they've it's been involved cool. in the other glitch cons right yeah um, I think uh one of the people who works at Game Informer is an uh, advisor for Glitch, uh, oh. or used to be anyway. Cool. So they've been involved with stuff in the community for yeah, a long time. It is, it, Game Informer has an interesting sort of place in the 
you know, uh, the Minnesota game dev community and that it's a, it's the biggest game magazine in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's difficult because m- this area is not, does not produce really any triple A titles. Right. And so, uh, you know, they make an effort to like, make sure they don't forget about us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's always appreciated because it is, there is kind of this like worlds between us. Um, but they've always been a supporter of glitch programming and, and, and events and like they're, they're a good neighbor to have, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, um, one is hosted by Andrew Reiner. Uh, the next one is applications of UX research in game design. I think this is, this is Nick Van Mertens. Yes. Uh, it has this graph anyway as a, yeah, as a picture. Yeah. Yep. Nick knows his stuff. So yes, he does. Uh, if you want to know about uh, user research. Yeah, user like, experience, all of that. Yeah. It's really useful. Mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, the next session is shaders for everyone. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited about that talk. Uh, um, the people who do it are from Howling Moon. Yes. Uh, and they, I think it's just Scott doing it this time. Uh, but Scott and Andy... Uh, have done a talk similar to this at like every GlitchCon and at IGDA, I think once, and I've missed every single one of them. And <laughs> this is your chance. Yes. <laughs> I still don't know what, sh- like completely understand what shaders are. So it's going to be exciting to hear uh, from them about how to do them. Yeah, right. Yeah. It has always seemed like this like foreign thing to me that I'm just never going to understand, but maybe this is the time to learn, huh? Yeah, it's definitely the realm of the technical artist, where you you need an aesthetic sense to evaluate your work, but you also need a really highly technical sense to actually make any sense out of it. Mm. It's kind of incredible. I've toyed with a little bit of it, just playing around, just like what are shaders? How do they work? And it's not that hard to get started, but like it, the step two is is kind of daunting. It's like wh- what do I do with this knowledge? Where do I go? Mm-hmm. Um, so just the just the name of the session is really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next session is Cognitive, Social, and Emotional Learning Through Games. That one's hosted by a bunch of people from the U of M. Ooh, um, cool. Yeah, uh, PhD students. PhD students in uh, social, or studying social and emotional benefits in non-digital games, and uh, educational psychology, and an associate professor at the U. So that'd that's, be cool. That's cool, because... Uh, so often we have to, you know, people learn a lot from games, even when they don't look like they're learning stuff. Mm -hmm. So having like data and knowing how to explain to parents who might not be totally on board with like their kids playing games all the time, uh, being like, here, it's actually helping them is with, here's the science that says so. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It'd be nice. Uh, the next talk is the most paranoid developer in the world. Yeah. This one's interesting. It's like about, uh, how, Gaming games are more secure as pieces of software than like banking software Mm -hmm. because there's more there's more people who attack them. Yeah, and I find that so fascinating. So that 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 seems like a very interesting kind of counterintuitive uh, kind of talk where you sort of you know because I mean I'm I'm making a game and I'm thinking like well what about DRM and it's like well I don't really need to worry too much (laughs) about it. Like if my game's popular and people pirate it, then like that's not a bad problem to have. Mm -hmm. But I suppose when you're really in it, like you find out that like that's you know a big deal and it's sometimes a bigger deal than it is in other industries where you think it would be a big deal right yeah Hmm. yeah uh the next one uh, how to start a party organizing independent game communities which is very relevant for glitch because it is (laughs) an independent game community but um i mean uh i don't i don't think these are being recorded are they uh, I don't think so. I think there was some talk of it, but uh, it, might, it might have either been resource limited or logistically limited. Ah, okay. Uh, I don't think that's, that's the case. One day yeah. we'll get a glitch vault. 
Yeah. 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 That would be so cool. Um, uh, that's referencing the JDC vault. If anyone doesn't know about that, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. record all their talks and put them online. But anyway, they do someday. We'll have that here. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, this one's about organizing one here, which I mean, we could always use more uh, game communities yeah. here in Minnesota. It's a, I mean, it's a topic that's sort of close to the heart of this program. We talked to Alex in the last episode about putting on GlitchCon, and we've talked to a lot of people about like about forming community and building their spaces in it. And we've right. encouraged people to to take that and you know don't wait, build your own if you don't have it. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, even if you are in a community like ours, which is turning into this really sort of nice, comforting, growing space, there's a place for you to start another party. Yeah, you know, for real. For sure. Mm-hmm. Next one, uh, building contemporary games for the Sega Genesis. Oh, that sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound super interesting. I am very interested in the content, but I'm not interested in making a Sega Genesis <laughs> game personally. But it, it sounds like such a fascinating topic for sure mm-hmm. to yeah. listen to. It's on the programming track, but I could imagine it being very like appealing to everybody. Yes. Just to like, I mean, I love reading articles about how the Game Boy works. I'm never going to program a Game Boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the next one, uh, visual scripting in, uh, or for Unreal 4, which if you're very used to Unity or you're not used to any game engine, uh, <laughs> you can use this one to learn about Unreal. It's a very useful engine for 3D uh, game development. Mm-hmm. And it's useful to know at least a little bit about it because I know at the last uh, game jam that I went to, we got into, like, we couldn't work me and another programmer couldn't work together because he did Unreal and I did Unity. And I was mm. like, I have no idea how to do Unreal. But So this talk would be really good for like cross-pollinating. Huh? Dad will <laughs> laugh at that. Um, <laughs> uh, between the two. Ah, so. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next one. Intro to data structures. Boy, programming terms. <laughs> Those are fun. I mean... I'd program, but I'm, I'm not yeah. super into it. So this would be a pretty, I mean, it would be a nice introduction into data. Yeah, I, I guess it's meant to sort of fill the hole that a lot of self-taught programmers have mm-hmm. in their knowledge by introducing a couple of proper computer science topics yeah. uh, that's sort of hard to pick up on your own. Those are valuable things for sure. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a beginner's guide to online multiplayer. This one I'm pumped about. Yeah. Um, because I always feel like it's not that hard, is it? And, <laughs> and then I look at the options I have and I'm like, oh, this is a little hard. Um, <laughs> but it looks like it's going to be a, you know, a bit of a sort of open discussion about like why you would have multiplayer, how you would design it structurally. Right. And then also going to be a little bit of a walkthrough on uh, doing a online, an online multiplayer prototype in JavaScript. Um, so it should be fair. I mean, I don't really like JavaScript, but it's fairly accessible. So uh, there's a, hey, a, JavaScript a, is great. All right, we'll fight about this later. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, apparently there's a library that makes it pretty easy, which is actually that's. I mean, I say they're a library, but there's many uh, uh, tools that are out there, and it just I think it takes a little bit of a leap to sort of get past the point of like, oh, I'm you know I don't know how to do netcode. I'll just stick to my whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think that it, it it hopefully I mean I tend to go to this one. Hopefully, it'll just make me more comfortable taking that step. Because it can be kind of scary to like, mm-hmm. you know, talk about like oh persistent servers and yada yada and yeah, matchmaking and yeah, like for sure. you know uh, client server model for like how, where's your game world hosted and I'm already spinning out of like all the <laughs> terrible terrible questions. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of stuff. The like and we could have done this for Fingence. We uh, were, mm-hmm. we had talked about it because Unity has its own uh, way to make um, online multiplayer games. It yep. didn't end up working out for the way we built Fingence, 
but uh, maybe Fingence too, or some other game we make would have this kind of capability, and this mm-hmm. would be the place to go to learn about it. Yeah, I thought the same thing about Metro Nexus. I think it's just I don't. It's not going to happen for the, my first release, but like I feel like there's not a good reason for me to not investigate it next time. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, we thought about it for Clawbreaker as well, mm-hmm. um, but we realized that if there was any leg ever, it ruins the game. Oh yeah. And so yeah. we're like. Can't know fighting can't. games. Yeah. <laughs> fighting games are very specific about that. I mean, you can play Street Fighter online, and uh, only the highest tier players complain about the lag. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you have to be Capcom, but still, <laughs> we want only the highest tier of crabs. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> the next one is yours, Martha. Yeah, version control for game development. Uh, all three of us actually got a talk in GlitchCon. Yes. Um, so this is really exciting. Um, so mine is all about version control because uh, it's a topic near and dear to my heart. <laughs> uh, I really love Git and using Git on the command line is just like one, it's, it feels so powerful. Um, and I want to share that with everybody and teach them how to do it because I think that's one of the main problems I, I see, like one of the problems I see people having in game jams is like people are doing version control for the first time, trying to share the project between each other and mm-hmm. running into all sorts of problems. Yeah. Um, and so I think it would help everybody, um, get up to speed faster. Yeah. So I wish I had that talk before I started Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As, as someone who's been the beneficiary more than once of Martha's direct instruction on Git, like this is a session you should go to. Yes. It's something everyone needs to know mm. and nobody does except for Martha. <laughs> <laughs> and so let, let her tell you how it works. Yeah. yeah I she know knows I'll herself. be there. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It's it's at the same time as mine, I guess. I know. I'm so sad. You're just going to have to privately tutor me, I think. Okay. You're going to have to continually (laughs) hammer it into my head. No, Mark. Ah. Don't merge. (laughs) But I want it. But I want it. (laughs) Um, Next one here is phases of development, art, design, and engineering. This is the one I chose as a one to highlight because I'm really curious. uh, There's a group here in Minnesota called Monster Games. They're Triple A development, apparently. I, I, I'm not aware of them, but um, they're they're here to explain like the process of talking to art people's, design people's, engineering folk, mm-hmm. and get them to make something together, which is very difficult because like there's there's three different mindsets you have to communicate with yeah, and yeah. organize them in a way to get them to you know get something done, <laughs> which is not easy. This is this is uh, a lot of a production kind of talk, mm-hmm. which is. Um, something I'm interested in. So it's definitely something worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Aubrey Scott is the featured speaker here on this one. Oh, cool. She works at Monster Games. Next one, uh, there's an app for that. Designing digital slash tabletop hybrid games. This one is all about using, oh, you know, remember that XCOM game we tried playing? Yeah. that It's kind of like, it's those kinds of games. Oh, sure, sure. So, like, you download an app on your phone, and it's related to whatever board game you're trying to play. Mm-hmm. Oh, X, that's cool. Yeah, the XCOM game we uh, were playing, uh, you could, it would give you, like, directions as to what you were supposed to do for this turn or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it would, it would sort of handle some of the die-rolling random number stuff that, yes. like, would make a board game a little tedious. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that, there's a couple of games that do this, but it, it's sort of like, there's still, it's still seen as, like, a special category. It's unusual that there isn't more games that are designed with this in mind. Yeah. There's a game where you are stacking like animal statues and then how you stack them affects what's happening in the app. Oh. That's hmm. pretty, looks like a pretty cool. I saw a talk at, at G, bleh, 
at GDC <laughs> about Oh, that. that was at Alt Control yes. GDC? Yeah, I think yeah. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds cool. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The next topic apparently is mine. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> but it, apparently it's featured. I didn't know it was featured. That's a lot of pressure, guys. What are we doing here? <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll get that unfeatured right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, mine is the game design workshop. If you are interested in game design, but you are daunted by all these concepts and ideas that people keep throwing at you, including me, probably. Um, <laughs> this would be the place for you to come to. Um, I'm just going to talk for 15 minutes about base game design stuff. And then for 60 minutes, you guys are going to develop a prototype of a game. It would be a paper prototype because we only have 60 minutes. But um, it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of good time. And I've asked these two here to help um, me run it. So... I'm excited for it because I think that's um, just like, you know, we've done the similar, similar at GDC, we all, and it's um, it's really easy just to start programming, just mm-hmm. to start doing visually, just to start with Unity, just to right. start modeling. And like game design as a discipline is, we've harped on it a couple times, but it's it's hard to take seriously sometimes, yes. especially when you're a smaller team. And so I think people really value from like the seriousness that, that you tr- how you treat it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, important. Yeah, and, and then, you know, you come out with something fun or something half done or even mm-hmm. just an idea to move forward. Right. Um, no pressure here at this workshop. For sure. I will not judge you. I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. All the positive feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <at> the, <laughs> of course. And at the end, um, you get to show, you can show it off. Um, you can talk about it because we have an extra 15 minutes for people to discuss what they've made. So it's rad. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, I kind of want to just participate instead of help out, but I already agreed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be there. Man. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, next one is Lookout, a non-visual perspective <laughs> of on-location based mixed reality games. That sounds interesting. Pokemon Go. Yes, it sounds complicated. It's 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 definitely like Pokemon Go and those. What's what's the name? Niantic. Uh, that's the company. That, yeah, the yeah. company. They've made a bunch of those kinds of alternate reality games. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of those kinds of games. Looks like this is in the art track. So it's, yes. I guess it must be about sort of presenting, you know. It's an interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, the next one is Unity for Virtual Reality 101. Ooh. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad there's one of those. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like a sort of a, all conferences should have a session like that. And they I'm, should. I'm glad they found one that like met the standard of GlitchCon so they, <laughs> they, they could throw it in there because that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a crash course in virtual reality on Unity. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, the next, creating games with 3D printing, photogrammetry, grammetry, mm-hmm. and projection mapping techniques. That's definitely something I don't know about, but <laughs> it sounds like it'd be useful. That's more technical art stuff. Ah, okay. Um, but like, uh, you know, the, one of the reasons why like Star Wars Battlefront looks so great mm-hmm. is because they use photogrammetry for all their like textures. Oh, okay. Um, which if you don't know, it's basically a, a technique where you just take photos of real objects mm-hmm. uh, to use as textures, which a lot of times will have lighting sort of baked in or at least um, some assumptions made about that. And so uh, it ends up lending a little bit more of a realistic look. There's some, and because it's technical art, because there are some trade-offs you have to make with how you design the lighting actually in the game. Uh, dynamically to accommodate for those things and not override them or you know yada yada so it, it it's a really fascinating like technique that is very different from how a lot of texturing is done in 3d games mm-hmm. um, and can achieve you know better in some cases different in most cases results um, it's if you're into modeling texturing like the sort of like level design any of that stuff that'll be a really good one I expect it sounds like it's really relevant here in Minnesota because we have what was it five biomes or whatever here like five different kinds oh, yeah. of environments. <laughs> That's true. We have an, a very a great environment to capture a lot yeah, of this data, yeah. for sure. A lot of variation. 
Mm-hmm. So that'll be cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. The next one, uh, creating art in virtual reality, which is important because virtual reality is particular. Like you have to be particular about how you make your art and how you put your things in there because it's people are more sensitive to uh, things in there. You can get people people can get queasy and stuff just by if the art isn't right or you have the wrong uh, frames per second, things like that. So now I think this is actually about using virtual reality as a tool to generate the art as well. Oh, um, oh. Which is also very interesting. Yeah. yeah, that one should have a pretty good uh, general interest. I mean, if you, you got a VR headset and you want to do some doodles, like. For sure. Yeah, this is the place. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So <laughs> um, the next one here is electronic literature and digital play. Um, you're supposed to take away considering electronic games from a literary perspective. Oh, so like games as text. Yes. Like like do a book report on this game. Yeah. Like what, what, are, what is the meaning that people are taking? Right, there? right. Oh, yeah, cool. kind of like that. Yeah. And I, I think they're going to maybe talk a little bit about like archiving uh, games too. <gasps> oh, and cool. Or texts and games. Yeah, something here referenced the electronic literature collection, which seems to be a way to, um, you know, generate a canon uh, for this yeah. stuff, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's neat. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, project management for independent developers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super Ooh, useful. We did a whole topic on this. Right. Like, scratch the surface. Yeah, we only touched it. This one will go more in depth for sure. Uh, and it's very useful when you're trying to make a game for the first time. You need, you need to have a good understanding of what it takes to manage that project. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the talk to go to when you're just starting out or even if you're just curious about what you might be missing. Uh, the story of visual, how a weird VR project became a business. That's intriguing. Def- yes. It seems like story time. <laughs> it seems like a case study. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Yep. It says here the attendant attendee takeaway is your weird game project could become a real business. <laughs> So, I want so hard to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, please. Maybe if you, after you go to this talk, you will believe. Yeah, well, it looks like it worked for someone. Yeah. So mm-hmm. why can't it work for me? Yeah. Next, uh, creating games that can make money. Probably talking in the, um, <laughs> if you're looking for making, looking into making games as a living, what kinds of games are most successful? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is, this is a focus on, uh, on mobile development, mm-hmm. uh, which is like just, I mean, it's become a cutthroat business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if someone the 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 speaker has a lot of experience in this area, so mm-hmm. should be able to give a lot of like that kind of practical advice that like just googling for how does this work is not going to get you. So right. it's, it's a real good one. Yep, yep. Uh, choice overload designing for high impact decision making. Uh, we have to do. We had to deal with this kind of thing in Fingens, mm-hmm. Um because we once had it so that you could like basically rebuild your ship from the beginning. Uh, we've changed that since then, but like people uh, would normally just pick whatever because. There's so many options. Yeah, and this is a kind of this is a kind of talk that deals with that. Um, what what kinds of things? What kind of decisions are overloading for players? Uh, things like that. Yeah, this one's uh, uh, hosted by uh, our pal Ava, uh, mm-hmm. executive director. At yeah, Glitch. she was on the show once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one right, uh, that's why she's our pal. Yes, yeah. <laughs> friend, friend of the show, meaning agreed to come on. <laughs> she's also really cool to know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the reason we're all here. Also true. <laughs> uh, welcoming friends to virtual reality, designing the perfect demo. Ooh. Oh, okay that's interesting that I've, really... I've like done that for a couple people mm-hmm. like showed off vr including me and yeah and it's <laughs> it's not like it's the hardest thing in the world but like you kind of would want to do it right right and you got to make sure you pick the right game yeah this one is by ty burks yeah i was Ooh. gonna say i was like yes. this is a perfect person to talk about right. this because he may help make uh 
that game that Job, I can't. Job Simulator. Thank you. It's funny because you had the same problem earlier before the show started. Like, what was that game called again? Yeah. <laughs> we've, we've all only played a million hours of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, he also worked on the Rick and Morty one that Alchemy is releasing. Yes. Uh, really soon now. They announced the is release date. Is it coming out that soon? This month, I think. Wow. I hope I'm not wrong about that. 420. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that one would be cool. Next one here is learning theory for game designers. Oh, I really wish I could go to this talk, but my my talk is during this time. Um, my good friend Ellen is doing this, and she's just talking about what or taking learning theory and using that for game designers, like taking the concepts of learning theory, how players learn, how players experience your game, and using that to design your game, maybe design your tutorials or design uh, what kinds of things you introduce to players and things like that. It's mm-hmm. going to be super fascinating, and yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm so sad I'm going to miss it. I was going to say I'll go and tell you about it, but I have to help you in your session. So. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> maybe, get, maybe Martha can do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll get my brother to take notes. Nice. He's a perpetual student after all. Mm-hmm. But also need Ellen to come on the show. That's right. Oh, yes, so, for Ellen. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next one here, game encounters, meeting new friends through games. Hmm. It sounds super friendly. Aww. Yeah. It's part of the play track, which is, we, yes. so we talked a little bit about this with Alex on the last episode, but it's sort of a, I mean, this is a conference for game makers, but also for players and people interested in gaming and game creation. And this is, this is definitely an example of like that kind of uh, session. There's a bunch of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And last, but certainly not least is Mark's talk. Ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So tell me something I don't know again, cause it's the second year GlitchCon. <laughs> I did a, um, a sort of a round table, uh, discussion, um, that I did last year and I learned a lot. It went pretty well, I think. And, uh, I'm sort of retooling it a hair and improving on it, taking the feedback I got and I'm going to try it again. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited about it because it's sort of, um, it's part information exchange and parts, uh, um, uh, inspirational talk. Um, which is something I wasn't expecting. And when I did it last year, I, w- I wanted to just make it sort of an open forum. Like everyone bring a question about whatever and we'll just, someone ask it and anyone else in the room has an answer. And it was meant to be kind of like an open floor sort of thing. And um, in the, after I um, uh, submitted it last year and then went to GDC that year and went to a similar round table, I learned a lot from the, the, the speaker who gave that. And I, I rolled that in luckily just in time to sort of give some more structure to it. And, uh, you know, in the year since then, I've, I've gone to more of these things and learned a lot more. So I'm really looking forward to it. But the sort of main idea of it is like, you know, keep making, keep learning, but also keep teaching. That's yeah. the important thing. I think that it, it does you no good if you like suck up information and don't freely give it to others. Because mm-hmm. um, then you will learn something in the teaching. And it's definitely how it's any success I've ever had in any field has been from treating knowledge as free. And that's an important thing that yeah. sort of an ideological perspective I want to provide as well as provide people an opportunity to say, Hey, how does that thing in unity work? <laughs> and someone <laughs> say, Oh yeah, I know. Oh, for real. Yeah. So, uh, so useful. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. So it's really going to be uh, made up from the people who show. So yeah. uh, come on by and, uh, and help me shape what this talk is about. I know I'll be there. Wait, no, I won't wait. Cause you guys both have your topics at the same time. No. <laughs> you well, have to I know, choose, I know who you love more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sad. 
Well, that's that's it for the list. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just brought up a good point. There's so much going on. There's three different rooms. Yeah. There's going to be a bunch of stuff that's going to be at the same time as other yeah. stuff you want to go to. So come with friends. Yes. Split up and then meet up later. Yeah. Because that, that's about the, probably the best way to get all the information. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's way more than just the sessions at GlitchCon. There's uh, keynotes, which mm-hmm. is uh, that's been announced. Details are at uh, GlitchCon.mn. There's yes. uh, there's uh, 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 there's Minicade. Those oh, yeah. are, by the time you hear this, the games in Minicade will have been announced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's virtual reality demos. There's um, the uh, Neon Noir area, which is a sort of a curated list of games. Right. Um, it's like a whole lot of stuff. I'm so yeah. excited about it's, it. Yeah, it's, it's like, gonna be great. It's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> the whole weekend. I mean, it's gotta be great, right? Yeah. And again, Nice Games Club Live. Yes. So you get to meet us in person. Yeah. Come <laughs> high, ask us some questions. Come high five yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our show. Uh, so if you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app and be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or nice like us or hey, want to win a ticket to GlitchCon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've yeah, got yeah, a yeah. couple more days to do that. So uh, go to nicegames.club slash iTunes, take you to the iTunes page, open it up in iTunes, download iTunes, install it. It's a lot of steps, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Leave a review and then let us know on Twitter that you've done so so we can get in touch with you if you are the randomly selected uh, winner. And don't worry about what your review says. We're going to print them all out and put them in a fishbowl no, we're not going to do that, but we're going to randomly pick. Yes. So uh, don't worry about that. We do actually want to hear your actual opinions. That's one of the reasons. But also the other reason is let's get you to GlitchCon, folks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we also want to hear directly from you. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your topics and ask us your questions. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as all the links and notes from this and other episodes at NiceGames.club. So until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. There's a there's a alt uh a bug a, 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 a edit that mark um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.